The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to discuss the concept of real estate investing as being one of the most forgiving of all investments out there. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I would like you to understand that over the last 30 years, I have been helping people perfect their real estate investing techniques. Anywhere from have never done it before and have no idea what I'm doing to people that have already been doing it for a long time and have certain levels of success and want to take that level of success even higher and further and expand upon it. And during that 30 years, what has amazed me, I think more than anything, is the fact that most people I meet don't do real estate correctly when I first meet them. Very large percentage maybe in the 90 percentile bracket, are doing it wrong. Now, before we go any further, let's discuss what wrong means. I want you to think of a continuum from A to B on a line. In fact, let's make it A to C and B's in the middle. All right? So we have the far left, the far right, and the center. And I want you to think of continuum as A being the far left as complete disastrous failure, where you lose everything you invested into the deal and maybe even lose more, maybe get sued for more than what you lost. And then let's think way over in the other side, the far right-hand side of the continuum, you would have just ungodly profit, unbelievable, almost undistinguishable profit that you would never believe could be true. And then in the middle, the B, right in the very center, is break-even. Now, you would think that on a continuum such as that, that there is a median effect. In other words, 50% of everything happens on the downside of breaking even, and 50% of everything happens on the upside of breaking even. That's what would statistically happen in almost any data set. But in my 30 years, I've not seen that be true. What I've seen be true is that people do stuff wrong, anywhere from terribly wrong to medium amount wrong to just a little wrong. And yet many of them end up making massive profits anyway, or if nothing else, some profit anyway. That's what I've found to be true. Why is that? Well, the reason is This type of investment has five or six different ways you can make money off of it. And you may 
have done it wrong and gotten no benefit from some number of those five different ways you can make money, or there's actually a sixth in some cases, and or you might have done it wrong on all of them. And I've still seen people make money with real estate because some of them are out of your control. Some of them happen even if you do it wrong. So let's list five different ways you make money. First of all, captured equity. Let's talk about the fact that you can go out there and buy something that actually is worth more than what you paid for it. Now you say, well, no, I don't believe that. Well, in this day and age, you probably wouldn't believe that because a lot of stuff is selling at asking price or higher. But there's still a distressed sale here and there where you can buy something below what it's actually worth, put some effort and or some money into it, and have bought it well below what it should have sold for. Not as often as when I started, not as often as even 10 years ago, but it's still possible. The next way to make money is something called cash flow. Stock market doesn't have cash flow. 401k doesn't have cash flow. Raw land doesn't have cash flow. Gold doesn't have cash flow. Silver doesn't have cash flow. All of these investments you buy out there, you're hoping and praying and wishing they go up in value. That's your only goal. Whereas with real estate, you can buy it and just forget about it. You go, well, it's going up and down in value, Dell. Can't you gain or lose or gain or lose like everybody else? And the answer is no, not unless you're an idiot, because you just buy it. Hold on to it. Absorb and enjoy the cash flow until the market turns around and goes back up again. Now, you wouldn't mind holding stock as the stock market crashed if you just held it and it was paying you dividends. You wouldn't even mind it. Just like I don't mind owning real estate if it ever takes a dip in value, which it hasn't in a long time, but that doesn't mean it won't. But the very fact that we get cash flow month in, month out, month in, month out, month in, month out, is a wonderful thing. Now, here's the next one. Debt reduction. If you think about it, I own an apartment complex and my debt reduction is something like $30,000 a month on one property. So every single month, my tenants are paying off $30,000 worth of debt. Debt. I'm getting further and further out of debt, which really means I'm obtaining more and more equity in the property I own. And who's paying for that? I'm not paying that debt down. For you to have more stock, you have to put more money in it. For you to have a larger 401k, you have to put more money in it. For you to have more gold or more silver, you have to put more money in it. But I own apartment complexes, and they pay their own debt off, which means my equity grows, not because I put more money in it, but because my tenants put more money in it and increase my equity by reducing my debt. Wow, that's a beautiful thing. We also have a thing called forced depreciation. And forced depreciation is basically saying, we fix it up. We do something to make it worth more money. Wow. I saw a guy bought a home I wanted to buy. I didn't get to buy it. It was purchased for $19 million. It was a 31,000 square foot home, brand new. But for some reason, within a year of it being built, the swimming pool had 
change colors and they wanted to change the color, the bottom color in the pool because believe it or not, this is in Florida. And with a dark bottom in the pool, you can't tell if there's a snake in your pool or an alligator in your pool or whatever. So they wanted a light colored bottom. So they redid the whole giant 250,000 gallon swimming pool. And the tennis courts had deteriorated in just one year because they had laid the grounds work inappropriately without enough ground drains. So water just sat on top of the tennis court and it destroyed the surface within one year. So they did all that and a few other little things. The guy bought it for $19 million, turned around and sold for $21 million eight, just six months later. $19 million, $21.8 made $2.8 million in six months by something called forced appreciation. We do that in apartments all the time. We buy them, we fix them up, and they're worth more the second we fix them up. It's just an amazing way to make money. We buy houses, fix them up, they're worth more immediately. We force the value up on them. Now, an apartment's much easier because there's no appraisal limit. On a house, there's an appraisal limit. You can only push it up so high in that neighborhood, and then the appraisal bumps out. But in an apartment, there's no appraisal limit. The more you raise the income, the higher the value of the apartment complex. It's really unlimited. Well, unlimited is extreme term. There's a lot of... A lot of variable possibilities there. So it, again, gives you something you don't have. But last and not least, we all have appreciation. We'll discuss that when we get back. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. Something I found off the internet says entropy. The idea of entropy comes from the principle of thermodynamics dealing with energy. It usually refers to the idea that everything in the universe, and that is everything in the universe, eventually moves from order to disorder. And entropy is a measurement of that change. Wow, I love that. Everything moves from order to disorder. Man, just the definition, just the fact. I mean, there it is. There's a fact right there in front of you. Everything in your life moves from order to disorder. It's the natural way of the universe. So if you're not aware of that, if you're not planning in some way to reverse that entropy, it's going to take you out. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Days from 11 to 2 on Talk 1370, The Right Choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about how forgiving real estate is, and let's look at this situation. You've got one, two, three, four, five different ways to make money in real estate. And we haven't even counted the tax advantages, which would be the sixth way, by the way. If you do it correctly, you can actually get tax write-offs that increase your income. So I'm going to put that one down, too, so that's number six. But you really have to understand what you're doing to get um, tax write-offs from real estate. Okay? So let's put that down also. Now we've got six different ways to make money. What happens is people buy real estate and they have no idea what they're doing, right? So maybe they don't pay, they don't buy it 
cheap and capture equity. Maybe they pay full price for it. Maybe they even pay too much for it. Maybe they don't even know how to lease it. They rent it to their friend or their family member. They don't make any money with it. Maybe they're too stupid to put debt on it. Maybe they paid cash for it, so there's no principal reduction on the thing. Maybe they don't even put any money into it to fix it up to make it worth more. But over a period of time, real estate, like all things, appreciates. Now, what do you think it's going to do in this inflationary era that we're living in right now? I'll tell you what it's doing. It's going through the roof. It's going up faster than I've ever seen real estate go in my entire life. I spent a day yesterday with one of my real estate brokers from one of my companies, and he was talking about here in Houston how single-family houses... Now, when I started real estate, the single-family house median price was 50000 I was buying houses for 25000 When I got out of doing single-family houses, the median price was 75000 We were buying them for forty or 50000 Years later, uh, in 2008, when we had the big crash, median price was 150000 We were buying them for 80000 70000 A couple years later, 2021, he told me that the median price is $331,000. And we're buying houses for somewhere around one hundred and fifty to $170,000. Same game, different price point. But that real estate keep going up. And so the houses we were buying for $20,000, $25,000 a piece are now selling for one hundred eighty dollars to $200,000 a piece. It's just amazing. You could have been dumb as a rock. You could have fallen off a a squash cart on the way to the city. But if you owned a piece of real estate for the last 20 years, you made a ton of money with that real estate. That's just all there is to it. Now, if you happen to be just a little bit smarter and you bought it with a mortgage on it, then you had mortgage reduction for the last 20 years. And that means whatever it is you paid for, you pretty much paid it off. And so you made even more money. Now, if you'd been just a little bit smarter, just a little smarter, you would have put a tenant in there, and the tenant would have paid you enough rent to have some positive cash flow. And then you would have made cash flow for 20 years. Whew. That's amazing. Maybe you did some fix-up. Made it worth more. A little bit more expertise to do something like that, but if you did it correctly, you made even more. So you see, what I'm pointing out to you is the massive amounts of return that can be made if you do all six of them right. Even if you don't know what you're doing, most people get one or two of these. Benefit from one or two of these. I won't say they got it right, but they benefited from it, because even if they didn't know they are benefiting from it. Because real estate is forgiving. There's so many moving parts that are working for you, even if you're not smart at it. Now, let's turn that around for a second. What if you actually know what you're doing? The upside potential for real estate investing is unbelievable. It's hard for you to even conceive how much money can be made in real estate. So today, I'm going to give you two examples. I'm going to give you one example way back when I started and one example I did in the last three years. Right now. Current deal. And I want you to see that one of them way long ago was ungodly. Then I want you to see that the one that I'm doing right now is ungodly. I want you to see that the first set of deals that I did brought me up to being a millionaire. 
And the last set of deals I did made me a multi, multi mega millionaire. Wow. That's what happens when you know what you're doing. And you're not just winging it. So if you can get in here and get some education and information, then you're going to be deadly. But if you don't get that information, you could be anywhere from just okay to even as bad as deadly dangerous. I have seen people lose everything on real estate transactions when they didn't know what they're doing. So don't get me wrong. Real estate has risks for people that don't know what they're doing. But even if you do it wrong, many times if you hold it long enough, the appreciation wipes out the mistakes. And you either break even or make money on real estate you did completely wrong. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. Now, that might be the beauty of everything. If you bought the wrong stocks and they went down, unless they went to complete zero and the company went out of business, and if the stock market and whole goes up and down, up and down, up and down, you hang in long enough, it's probably going to come back up again. But the difference is you don't have cash flow. The difference is you don't get tax write-offs for doing that very same thing. So I'm going to cover these two examples for you. Because I want you to be able to understand and see how these different six components are going to make a difference. And I also want you to see a concept called turning lemons into lemonade. In other words, situations in this world sometimes take a step for the negative. But yet if you know how to be nimble on your feet in business... You can rearrange your business position such that you end up being in a very good position, even though. In other words, you took those lemons and turned them into lemonade, opened a lemonade stand, and made some money. And that, when we get back from break, is what I want to cover. Two different examples, one of them 30 years ago, one of them three years ago till today. And I want you to see... In fact, I don't want you to see. I want you to be mind-boggled on how much money I made in these deals. How much money you could have made if you would have done them too. Now more intel to build a better lifestyle from Dell Wamsley. Two and a half years after I started investing in real estate at 34 years of age, I quit my job and never went back to work again. I want that to happen for as many of you as I can pick off out of this society. There's gotta be some of you out there. Give me a call, tell me if you want this. How many of you would like to retire in two to five years and just be done with it and have just as much money as you would have had, if not more, than working the rest of your life? Is there anybody out there, come on, anybody out there that would trade their financial plan that these guys have put together for them? Now, first of all, let's just suspend disbelief for a minute, okay? Now, I could prove person after person after person, testimonial after testimonial after testimonial, that this happens on a regular basis at Lifestyles, okay? But just suspend that for a second and call up and say, hey, I would much rather save for the rest of my life until I'm 65 or 70 years old than to go ahead and get this thing knocked out in two to five years. Take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
keep up with news from across Austin and around the world. It's where I get all my news. Online anytime at talk1370.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about how forgiving real estate is. And told you I'd share with you two examples of deals that I've done. Now, by the way, I hate giving examples out of what I've done for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm not auditing these numbers. I'm just telling you what I remember off the top of my head. And uh, secondly, I don't like doing it because people say, well, who cares if you made money, Dell? We know you're rich and, you know, we know that you know this stuff. And that doesn't mean anything about what we can do. I understand that. And I appreciate that. What I'm trying to do, though, is just show you how I learned certain things along the way. So I was telling a story about a a property that I bought about 30 years ago. What it was was five duplexes, which is 10 units, and I bought it with some partners, and we paid $200,000 for the property. It was an owner-financed deal because the property was so bad that it probably couldn't have been financed legally. And the reason was it didn't have individual lots. These duplexes were all on one lot, which made it more of a commercial deal. So we bought it as an apartment complex, although it was really five duplexes. And we bought it for $200,000 with the guy that was selling it, owner financing it for $25,000 down and $175,000 owner finance note. The way the deal was set up, we were going to make roughly $2,000 a month in positive cash flow. The units rented for 500 bucks each, and they were two bedroom, one bath, and they rented for 500. But they were, uh, you know, we had 300 dollars a month in cost, so we made about 200 dollars a month each unit times 10 units is 2,000 dollars a month. So let's take a look from the start. From the start, we were making 2,000 dollars a month cash flow on a 25,000 dollar investment. So 2,000 a month times 12 is 24,000 dollars on a 25,000 dollar investment. That is a 96 percent return on cash flow. Now. You can't go wrong with something like that. There's just nothing you could do to go wrong with something like that. Or at least you would think, right? At least you would think. Until one day, we had a situation where we got a call from one of the tenants, and the tenant said, hey, the county had come out and placed a, um, a warning on the door that um, we had a septic and or sewer problem that we had to take care of. And the deal was that we had septic tanks in the backyard and we had wells in the front yard. And it had rained quite a bit and the backyard was flooded, meaning that with the backyard being flooded, that could contaminate from the septic system water could get into that water that's laying on the ground, contaminate and eventually get over to the wells. And so, man, this just scared the heck out of us because this is something you get sued for. This is something to make the entire thing worth nothing. So my partners wanted to bail on the deal. And I said, okay, I'll buy you guys out. So we bought the partners out because they were afraid of being in the deal. It was such a scary situation. And then I went to look for a solution for the problem. Because I remember, I've got a code violation here and a warning from the county if I don't fix it. So I called the county up and I said, look, I've got this problem. You guys have cited me. What do I do? I never run into something like this before. And the county goes, well, you better get an engineer out there to figure out how you can rearrange the land or the septic system or something to get that water away from those septic systems and those wells. And I said, well, can you give me someone's name? And he said, no, we can't. I said, well, you must have a list of engineers that are acceptable 
to write you a report saying that this is done. This is yes, we have people that are that are qualified and acceptable. I said, well, can you give me that list? And they said, no, we can't give you that list. We're not supposed to direct people. I said, okay, then do this. Name me the first five people on the top of the list. Just give me their names. And we'll let it go at that. So they gave me five names, and I looked at him. I picked one, and I called this guy. And I don't remember what the guy's name was, but I'm going to call him Bubba. And I'm going to tell you why I called him Bubba. He showed up out of my duplexes in a pickup truck with giant cowboy boots and a belt and a cowboy hat, chewing tobacco. He looked at me and said, boy, looks like you got a problem here, boy. I said, yeah, that's why I called you. I said, can you tell me what I need to do to fix this? He said, well, you got too much water in that backyard with them septic systems. You got to get that water out of there. And he, I said, well, what can, what can I do? He said, well, you could build French drains and drain it out to the front ditch. There was like an open ditch going along the street. And I said, well, that's pretty expensive. I said, what else can you do? He said, well, you could put gutters on the building. The building doesn't have any gutters. Put gutters all the way around the building and drain those to the front. And with the water all being shed to the front, the backyard won't be getting that excess water coming off the roof, and that should be enough to solve the problem. I said, would you write that up that way, that that's a preferable fix and that would be acceptable? He said, yeah, I'll write that up for you. So uh, he left, and I put on the gutters, and he came back and said, okay, and he wrote it up for me, and I sent it into the county, and they said, okay, you're fine. And I thought to myself, my partners had just walked away from a 96% return because of no gutters on the house. Now, it's really more dire than that. You think about it, the septic system had polluted the wells. People got sick. They could sue you, although I owned it inside of an LLC. So we thought it was over with. Went on about another six, eight months. And then one day I got a call from another tenant. Then it said, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, we had a guy came from the back. And behind these duplexes was a big, giant field that was just a swamp. I mean, a literal swamp. And it had all kinds of foliage. That, and they were knocking all that foliage down with bulldozers. And they were going to fill that swamp in. And they were going to build a commercial piece of real estate on that lot. And the bulldozer had run over the septic system, which was illegally on their lot. So I'm like, oh, my gosh you got to be kidding me. He said, nope, that's the bulldozer guy. He brought me the pictures of it. This is what it looks like. So send me the pictures. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? This guy that sold me this property, by the way, which was an engineer, built it himself. He built it. He didn't have enough septic field to be able to get the septic system to work for these 10 units. And so he just pumped the garbage, the sewage, out into this guy's field. And so now I know i got a real problem. So I go around and start talking to engineers and talking to people. And they say, well, you know, you don't have enough field area to be able to use a regular septic system. It won't work that way. They suggested one of those sprayer ones where it sprays it all out, but then it would have sprayed it back on the yard anyway, so the water wouldn't have really gone anywhere. And there was just too much of it. I, you know, so I finally came to the conclusion, or they came to the conclusion, the only thing I could do was put in a sewer line. You had to put in a sewer line and drain the sewage off into the regular sewer lines. But that was a problem because there were no sewer lines and because I wasn't a subdivision. I was just a farm field. And so I went to the county, and I said, what do I need to do? And they said, well, first of all, you have to replot yourself into a subdivision. And then after you replot yourself into a subdivision, you're going to have to put a sewer line. You're going to have to dig and put in a sewer line that goes all the way to our next connecting sewer line at the next main street you can come to. And then you're going to need to take the wells out and put city water in. I said, why do I need to put city water in? He said, because the only way we can tell how much to charge you for the sewage is by knowing how much water you use. So we have to be able to charge you by the water usage. So you have to put the water lines in also. 
And so I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, this is insane. So I think about it for a second. And first of all, I think, okay, I got to protect myself here because these tenants, if they're getting sick because of this problem, I got to protect myself. So I went to them and had them all sign a document said, I will either leave. And I told them, if you leave, I'll give you back all your security deposit and give you a good notice to leave. Either leave or release me from any past, current, or future problem or claims against the company because of this. I then went over to the guy who sold me the place who had the owner finance note, and I told him, I said, look, you're an engineer. You built this thing. You're the one that's going to get sued. You hold the note. You're going down. When we come back, we'll talk about how we fix the problem. It's not just the money. It's the lifestyle. Here's Dell Wamsley. We're looking at real estate deals you can get into passively. Uh, just as passively as you put money into your 401k to where you go in and get one of these deals and they earn anywhere from, let's say, 10 to 20% on a cash flow basis annually. So you're getting a check in the mail every month for 30 years while you're doing this. And you're also getting capital gains of anywhere from 25 to 500% per year. They just keep going up. There's appreciation. There's depreciation. So the income is tax-free because of depreciation. There's just so many advantages. And the people that are doing it, when you got, go out there and invest like this, the rates of return that you're earning are so much higher. That's the first point. They're so much higher. Okay. And the second point is you're getting the income. It's not being deferred. Why do you want to defer income until you're 60? Well, I understand you're trying to have a retirement account, but that doesn't make any sense. If I could teach you to create $10,000 a month, and that's how people do this. They start out you know, buying houses if they if that's all the money they got. Once they have a little money, then they go into apartments, and then you're starting to look at cash flows that are massive. And they, it's not wait till 60 for some money to come out, it's right now. Two and a half years after I started investing, at 34 years of age, I retired. I had completely replaced my income from my job. And I've never had to go back to work since. And every single year, I've made more money than the year previous because I just buy a few more assets each year and my income goes up. And there's no losing money in this kind of investment because you're not losing. I've never lost a house. I've never lost an apartment complex. They're sitting right there. They're not going anywhere. Uh, you need to check us out if you haven't. And uh, just look us up. Listen to the podcast. Guys, by the way, we are all over the place now. We're in 50 plus cities. If they can't find our radio show, then you know, find our podcast on the website. You just get every radio show there a day later. You know, we're growing all over the place and you just need to tell your friends if you would so they can save their lives too financially. We'll be right back with the Dell Wompton Radio Show. The Joe Pag Show, tonight at 8 on Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. We're telling stories today. Telling a story at this time about a set of duplexes that I purchased that went all wrong. And uh, we found out after we bought them and my partners bailed on the deal and I owned it then, found out that the septic system was built illegally. It was built by an engineer that was an expert at building and building septic systems, and he was an expert witness in court, so he knew that the lawsuits were unbelievable. What I did 
to beat the guy was I went and got release letters from all my tenants saying that they will release my company and myself from all particular liability, either past, present, or future, in return for them allowing them to stay in the housing that they had, which is probably the cheapest housing anywhere in the area, so they wanted to stay. Then I went to the guy that built the thing and I said, look, you've got the note on this thing. I've got an LLC, so they can't sue me. I've got a release for the LLC and for me, so they can't sue me or won't sue me. However, that doesn't mean they won't sue you, and it doesn't mean I won't sue you for selling me something that's illegal, that you know was illegal because you built it. He goes, no, I didn't build it. I was in Africa at the time it was built, that I had nothing to do with it, and I knew he was lying. But, you know, that was his feeling. I said, well, look, we can resolve this whole issue. Here's the amount it's going to cost me to put in a brand-new sewer and a brand-new water system, city water system and city sewer. Write me a check for that amount, and I'll go do all the work. You don't have any problem. I'll solve the problem. The tenants will be happy, and we'll go on down the road. You'll still be getting your note and your note payments, and everything will be fine. And the guy walked over his desk, got out his checkbook, and wrote me a note. Did not say a word. Didn't call his attorney. Didn't do anything. He just wrote me a check. And I proceeded to go ahead. It took me six months to get that sewer system in. And so during that six months, I had to do something with the septic sewage. Well, the the county, I went back to the county, and they said, well, here's what we'll let you do. We'll let you pump it into our city sewer. I said, well, how do I get it there? They said, well, just get your pump that you've been using to pump it out into the fields and pump it across into our system. So I put the pipe above ground on um, cinder blocks and down into the septic systems, septic each septic tank. And with the pumps originally there, pushing it out into that backfield, we used it to push it down the line and into the sewer. Six months it sat that way, which is really completely illegal to be that way. That was not under code, but the county let me do it to solve the problem. I don't know if that's luck or if it was just good communication skills or, you know, whatever it was, they just let me do it. So we fixed that. We got the sewer in. We got the, the water system in. But before I could do that, before I could put the sewer in, I had to replot the thing into a subdivision. So, we you know, we had to plot it in something like Delville. And we needed a subdivision. So we plotted it into a subdivision, and we had 10 individual lots. So now the work's all done places back to normal to regular tenant and I decide you know okay it's probably time to sell this and then I realize something now that these are lots these are no longer going to be sold as a apartment complex based on its income they're going to be sold based on the appraisal of duplexes in the area well there just so happened to be a bunch of duplexes down the street right past it and they were selling for $45,000 a door so I turned around and sold all 10 units for $450,000 a door Now, I want you to think about this for a second. We have all of $25,000 invested in this deal. Three years later, I sell it for $450,000, and I purchased it for $200,000. That means I made $250,000 on a $25,000 investment. Now, remember, I didn't pay for the sewer. The guy who sold it to me paid for the sewer. And by the way, that only cost $25,000 to put the sewer in. Now, that's 30 years ago. Remember that. But I didn't pay for that, so I made $250,000 on a $25,000 investment. By the way, if you can't do the math, that's a 1,000% return in three years. So divide that up, that's about 330% a year. I also, during that three years, made $24,000 a year in cash flow, which was a 96% rate of return, and that was per year. So I was making 330 plus 96. I'm making over 400% per year. Is that unbelievable? Now, I have another story I'll share with you, but I'm only going to give you the shortened version of it since we only have two minutes left here. And that is, I bought a Class A apartment complex three years ago while I was in the hospital. I closed on it. We went through 
having it managed by a bad management company while I was in the hospital, took it over, solved that problem, didn't make any money while they were managing it, took it over, ran it, got it back to where it was making money again, COVID hit. Worked through COVID, made money during COVID, but not as much as we could have, got through COVID, and then the last couple of weeks I've been trying to buy another apartment complex in the area. And all these apartment complexes were selling way, way, way higher than what I had bought mine for. And then I had somebody offer to buy mine way, way higher than what I had bought mine. So I went back and had a preliminary appraisal done on it to find out what it would be worth right now if I wanted to sell it. Net result, I put $9 million down to buy it. I now had $17 million in equity. That means I made $8 million in capital gains on a $9 million investment in three years. That's about 90% return divided by three. That's about 30% a year in capital gains. Not to mention, the property was making about $30,000 to $40,000 a month in cash flow and or principal production. And in addition to that, throwing off a $700,000 tax depreciation deduction, meaning I could earn up to $700,000 a year tax-free while owning that property. My friends, you can't come up with numbers close to that. You can't get rich slow. The stuff you're doing now won't get you there. You need to change your approach. And if you do, and you get in here, and you get educated, and you learn the right way to do it, then you've got all six of these factors pulling the string in your direction. It's up to you, my friends. If you keep on doing what you're doing, you're going to keep on getting what you're getting, and to continue and think you'll get something else is insanity. Del Wamsley offers some tips on a better lifestyle. If I told you it was my intention to fail at what I was going to do, and then I failed, have I actually failed or have I actually succeeded? If you're convincing yourself that you've got to save until you're 65 to 70 years old, for the rest of your life, you got to bust your butt and save for all that time. And these talking head guys are going to make sure that by the time you get to be 65 or 70 years old, you'll have enough money to retire. Would you not already have failed because you've lost your entire life to the process? Whereas if I could get you retired in two to five years, would you not have already won? because you beat the age limit requirement to have to work till. So you see, whether I can do it in two years or I can do it in seven years, it's irrelevant because both of them are at least 100% faster than what these guys can get you there and probably 300 or 400% faster. But remember, we don't do it just to make a lot of money. We do all this for an incredible, unbelievable lifestyle. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. For listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past your podcasts, and join the conversation.
The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product.